an unpublished essay by R. W. Murphy. The Essence of War for Gen XYZs, an abstraction at best. For every generation since the baby boomers, 1946 through 1964, that is to say for generation X, 1964 through 1980, generation Y slant millennials, 1982 through 1994, and generation Z, 1995 and later. War is a mere abstraction. Even the Korean and Vietnam Wars of the mid-50s through the mid-70s were but pictures in magazines, cinemas, and on the screens of black and white television sets for most. Even if philosophically troubled by these wars, many Americans actually went untouched. Unlike World War II, where virtually every American felt it acutely and personally in some way, every conflict since has been relatively small, contained, clean, surgical, short, that is, major combat operations as opposed to long-lasting containment operations. Limited, morally defensible, and more recently, fought with purely volunteers. Of course, the qualitative nature of words like clean and the others above must be considered only relative to the alternative form of war, vis-a-vis World War II. It is inarguable that large-scale general war is an unknown for the vast majority of Americans today. There has been no military conscription in the United States since January 27, 1973. The older draft board that older baby boomers remember so vividly as a community icon of the 60s is a virtual unknown among the latter generations. Also gone is the concept of war as a real and tangible horror, far surpassing any abstract extrapolation one might attempt from limited experience or from popular cinema. To those, war might even appear manageable, not unlike managing a corporation, possibly no more than a risk management exercise. They might believe cause and effect to be easily definable and it being only a matter of the proper materiel at the proper place at the proper time to ensure success. More than likely, they will take the capitalist view of how best to use capital in production. Clearly, they might perceive their own class as being above it all, at worst, in senior leadership positions, as they value their own capital most highly. The use of human capital in war, it is surely an ugly concept to ponder, let alone set to an economic equation where the values of existence are thought to be relative between persons. In the current case, where an anti-terror war larger than since 1945 is plausibly imminent, the Gen XYZs must grapple with many issues. The baseline justification for general war and the associated moral issues will be first. Members of these generations would be well disposed to read the great philosophers and not be seduced by the popular cognitive apathy that comes with fear and 40-plus years of believing in an American non-martial morality. 
the Prussians under Frederick the Great and his successors may have taken it to excess. However, the feeling of self-actualization that comes from war was an accepted concept from Moscow to Paris to London for almost three centuries. The Prussians only fine-tuned militarism as the highest form of existence to meet their nobility-driven military slant geopolitical objectives. Towards those ends, they wisely institutionalized a broad martial concept of self by making it a dogmatic axiom from birth to death across all social strata and across the genders. Many of the great philosophers have considered long-term peace a catalyst towards an inevitable degeneration of the human spirit and the establishment of unnatural moralities relative to one's inherently dangerous neighbors. In this model, pity and self-sacrifice become so ingrained in the societies, especially those dominated by a single Christian religion, that the will to wage war is lost, and so is the human spirit inexorably damaged. For many of the greats, their dialecticism is quite obvious. The tension of human nature is cleansing, and throughout the world's history, the thesis and antithesis have synthesized again and again. Ad infinitum, ad sciens ultra. In man's case, the dialectic process behind war approaches an existential imperative for human growth. It also argues against the establishment of a single monolithic philosophy, morality, or religion that seeks to remove natural tension from human existence and replace it with only its own single revealed thesis. The antithesis is actually required for man's long-term survival, and it is likely the most profound justification for war that can be found. The dialectic must be maintained. A single superthesis does not exist in the natural world. The appearance of stasis is due only to the glacial and evolutionary nature of man's dialectic process. It is ephemeral. In actuality, there is no such concept, from subatomic particles to the largest institutions of man. The Gen XYZs would be wise to ponder the justification for war within this context, more so than their 20th and 21st century empirical peace experiences. The author here does not argue for or against the current thirst for war. Only an argument for using the most profound parameters in determining any war's justification is made. It is hardly a simple mandate. May 2016